Ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-
uh, working for the Golf Channel because all of the cameramen who are part of the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees have gone on strike, which means the majority of the Golf Channel's camera crew um, that you know the ones that do this day you know week in and week out and they know how to do it in a professional and excellent manner to provide all of us golf lovers with an exceptional broadcast that uh, that will not be the case uh, this weekend just as it was again like I said on the final day of coverage of the Sony Open um, it's it's kind of an interesting little thing they've got going over there I mean they uh, as of today as of just a few hours ago it appears that. Um, there has been no resolution. I'm uh, going off an article um, that was posted to Golf Week by Martin Kaufman just a few hours ago, and the strike is, you know, still very much going. And, and it stems from a couple of different things. I'm going to go ahead and uh, quote the article here and just read you a small little tidbit so you guys get a uh, get an idea of what's going on. Uh, quote: Randy Corey, a Golf Channel cameraman and union steward, said that technicians already were unhappy with two changes Golf Channel made to pay and benefits four years ago after it was folded into the NBC Sports Group, cutting the workday from 10 hours to 8 hours, effectively a 20% pay cut, and eliminating catering of two meals without increasing employees per diem. Corey said these changes, quote, were the tipping point, end quote, that led the technicians to unionize. These technicians are involved in all aspects of live productions, including cameras, audio, video, utilities, fiber, and video capture and playback. The union's first two-year contract expired in June 2017. At that point, according to Corey, Golf Channel switched the workers' health care to COBRA, resulting in a price hike and adjusted the work week to align with NBC staff. The result of the latter move, Corey said, is roughly one day's lost pay per week for Golf Channel technicians. Um, and that's, you know, it, again, I mean, it, it, when you hear all that, it kind of makes sense. Um, it just kind of seems like, you know, I, I'm, as I'm sure many of you are aware in many other sectors of business in uh, in the United States, as the, the trend seems to go towards conglomerates and companies merging into one another and uh, essentially creating less and less competition, um, you, you are starting to see employees and like this, you know, basically get the short end of the stick and kind of are getting screwed into, you know, accepting less work and less pay because there's just not as many options for them. Uh, to go out and uh, have their services utilized. So uh, they're in an interesting spot. It looks like they were in discussions uh, yesterday. They were not able to come to an agreement, and so the strike will continue until an agreement is reached. But uh, that same gentleman, uh, Randy Corey, who was quoted in that article, did say that as soon as an agreement is reached, um, the union members of the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees will be very excited to get right back to work. So uh, until that happens, though... Um, you know, shoot, it could just be another uh, interesting thing to watch and just what is the coverage like this week? And I know the Golf Channel has brought in uh, some non-union workers um, and, you know, it's basically some, you know, what, what I've read is basically some cheaper labor that's available that's willing to work to come in and do the tournament this weekend and uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, NBC, who owns the Golf Channel, has uh, said that they've got everything taken care of and they should it should be good, but, you know, that will uh, that remains to be seen. I I did read somewhere else that, and you know, this is almost getting into a much deeper, uh, you know, more more complicated subject matter. But you know, with with the trend of television and the you know, and everybody kind of starting to you know do some cord cutting and you know the emergence of things like YouTube TV and Hulu TV and things like that, um, 
you know, it, it makes sense that television channels and networks are making less money than they had before because uh, we know with fewer viewers comes, you know, fewer dollars from uh, advertisers and sponsors. And by doing that, they don't have as much money to use in their productions and to pay their employees with. So ultimately, it's either the you know, executive board or the employees uh, that are going to get screwed. And I, I don't think you need to follow a lot of American economic history to know uh, who's going to get effed in that situation. So uh, hopefully everything there comes to a head at some point soon. But, you know, I, I did read that because, you know, the Golf Channel is owned by NBC, who also happens to own Golf Now, uh, that is where the majority of um, their profits are coming. I, again, that, that is something that I read uh, in an article perhaps on the fried egg. Um, I don't have anything to back up and, and, and confirm that claim. But, you know, as has been the case with the Golf Guide podcast for several years now, you know, we really don't like to do an extraordinary amount of fact-checking. I, I, I usually have a pretty good sense of, uh, of what's going on, and I'll share my opinion with you, but I, I cannot confirm that Golf Now absolutely represents the majority of the profits and revenue uh, that is created by the Golf Channel uh, and its parent company, NBC. So that will be something to look at this weekend as you are watching the coverage of the Career Builder Challenge down at PGA West Stadium course designed by Pete Dye. Should be a pretty diabolical weekend. Um, golf course obviously looks like a lot of fun. I've never played it myself, but I have a few friends that have had the opportunity to get out there and enjoy it. And uh, I have not talked to a single one of them that didn't enjoy themselves out there, even if they did get their asses whooped pretty good while they were playing the golf course. So on to the next order of business. As I said last uh, weekend, Patton Kaziri won the Sony Open in a six-hole playoff over James Hahn. Um, not 100% sure what that means going into this weekend. I honestly don't really have a great idea of who is going to be taking home the bacon this weekend at the Career Builder Challenge, but luckily there are plentiful amounts of outlets, including the Friday, like I mentioned before. Uh, my good friend Chris Durr, who runs the No Gimmies podcast and also does a, a weekly kind of gambling newsletter, he's they've got some ideas. So instead of just sharing those here, I'm going to encourage all of you to go check some of those sites out um, and see what they have for guys. If you're the if you're the betting type, you know it's it's one of, it's one of those things where I'm a little bummed that I don't have Casey with me on a week you know week to week basis because that guy loved losing money on golf way more than I did. Um, and you know without me doing my due diligence in terms of being able to provide you with some pretty sage betting advice, it's probably best that I just leave that one alone and leave you guys to your own devices. So uh, let's see here. Uh, another side note, uh, as I mentioned last week, uh, the continents of Europe and Asia went head-to-head uh, -head in what is their version of the Ryder Cup called the Eurasia Cup. Uh, Europe had a nice little comeback win while the singles matches on Sunday to best uh, the golfers of the Asian continent. Uh, another order of business. Um, it, it appears that Nick Saban, you know, champion football coach, uh, you know, head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide, has purchased a part ownership of a golf club called the Waterfall Club in Northeast Georgia, just continuing to just really lay his claim on the fine, wait, I guess like the Georgia would be the, the Peach State or, or something like that. Anyway, Nick Saban buying part of a golf course in Georgia. I thought that was interesting. Ken Wisenhunt, um, who is the offensive coordinator for the, I guess now, Los Angeles Chargers uh, is also a part owner of that same golf course as well, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, 
Along the gambling news, I just wanted to let you all know that despite playing 72 holes in what's basically the last year, Tiger Woods is continuing to sit at 20-1 to to win at Augusta. Now, you all know I would love nothing more than for Tiger to go in there and just put his little guy, you know, or should I say little, <laughs> my, my, my word, that, that is certainly the wrong adjective to use. I would love nothing more than for Tiger to just come in, you know, get into Augusta, lay his hog down on the table, and just say, this is what I got, and take take that green jacket for himself. Uh, you know, he hasn't won the Masters since 2005, although he certainly has contended even post-divorce, uh, you know, and I think in that, that stretch where he was still the number one player in the world, you know, 2011 to 2013. Uh, he certainly was in contention, but at 20-1 to 1 to win, um, that that just seems like a real, real stretch. Um you know, if, unless you got some other guys that you want to hedge it up against, you know, I'd, I'd probably stay away from Tiger at 20 to 1. But I thought that was interesting that even as we learn more about his game and as we get a little closer to the tournament, uh, it doesn't appear that his odds are going down. If you want to bet on Tiger to win at Augusta, uh, you're going to have to do it at a 20 to 1 clip. All right, uh, next order of business. It appears that Callaway Golf has released its Rogue Driver Series. That is right. Uh, one year after coming out with the largely successful line of epic drivers and woods, uh, it looks like Callaway is doubling down on that technology they used in the epic drivers uh, to create this new driver called the Rogue. They're claiming it's way better. It's going to do more stuff just like they do each and every year. I'm sure, you know, in the test lab, it probably is some sort of improvement over the epics that they had last year. I think at the very least they look a little cooler. Um, but if you're the kind of guy that likes going and spending $500 on a new driver every year, this has got to be some great news for you. So, you know, thumbs up from me to you. I, uh, I will not be purchasing a rogue driver, uh, mostly cause I'm a cheap bastard and I just, you know, my TaylorMade R9 is, is continuing to just really do exceptional things whenever I actually manage to put a good, you know, good swing on the ball, uh, which is not very often, but you know, it, it, it's good enough for me. Um, a couple other notes before I get into my interview with Andrew regarding our day at Etna Springs. Um, you know, there's a very interesting article on The Verge. Uh, I'm not too familiar with this publication, but they had an in-depth piece on Mike Kaiser, uh, owner and developer of places like Bandon Dunes, Cabot Lynx, Sand Valley. Um, he is attempting to build a Lynx course up near Royal Dornock. Uh, in northern Scotland, and uh, is facing some opposition from uh, some ecological groups who are claiming that some sort of weird, you know, quasi-retarded fly occupies, you know, a little one-mile stretch of land where they want to build the golf course. And uh, so there's just uh, some complications. And, you know, I have to admit, um, you know, I actually certainly understand the desire to not you know, negatively impact the environment by building golf courses. I don't think that's good at all. Um, but if there is one developer out there that I think is more cognizant and aware of the economic and also ecological impacts of building a golf course, it certainly would be uh, Mike Kaiser and his group. Um, they've done a sensational job at all of the projects they've tackled in the past. And I would assume that uh, if the Cool Links, uh, that's C-O-U-L Links project up in Northern Scotland, is able to proceed forward uh they'll do so in a very responsible way um i mean shoot and he's already uh you know he's already tapped bill core and ben crenshaw uh to build that course up there so 
anybody who's taken a golf trip over to Scotland and they make their way north, you'd be able to tackle Royal Dornick, which by all accounts is certainly one of the most sensational Lynx golf courses in the entire world. And then you'd have a new little modern masterpiece of cool Lynx up there. So when you go all the way north, several hours out of your way, you'd at least be able to get in a couple rounds of golf at two different golf courses up there in the Dornick area, which would be uh, pretty exciting. And then uh, last item of news before I get to Aetna with Andrew is unfortunately some more golf course closure news. This is one that actually happened during the month uh, that I had taken off uh, for the last, you know, half of December and first half of January, and that is uh, San Geronimo Golf Course in Marin County uh, has already closed its doors. Many Bay Area golfers, especially those in San Francisco and Marin, I'm sure are already well aware of San Geronimo shutting down. I I had not played San Geronimo in probably 15 years. Um, I had some spotty memories. I played out there when I think I was in fifth grade. My only round at San Geronimo, you know, I turned 30 here in a couple of months. But uh, so if you just think, you know, I guess fifth grade, you're what, 10, 11 years old. So maybe it's been almost 20 years uh, since I had played San Geronimo. But the only memory that I have is I went out, I played San Geronimo with my dad on a beautiful afternoon. I remember that I wasn't very angry, so I must have been playing okay, because back when I was a little kid, I was definitely a, a you know, a, a shithead of a, a, you know, of a, the highest degree, you know, getting all upset and whatnot, so, uh, anyway, I remember not being too upset and, uh, playing around round of golf with my dad, and then that evening, my dad suffered a crazy stroke where he lost, you know, the, his peripheral vision on his right side, and after that, his hair started turning gray, at least the hair that he still had left, after all that kind of stuff I got, so I just kind of remember San Geronimo as a golf course that gave my dad a stroke, so, you know, I mean, for that reason, I never really associated San Geronimo with really great things, but, um, as a lover of golf and somebody who wants to see the golf industry do well, it certainly is a, a, a massive disappointment and a, and a big shame, uh, to see San Geronimo close its doors, and the odd part about that is that, you know, that leaves the number of public accessible golf courses in Marin County, to only just a couple. I mean, uh, that I think at this point now, it seems that Indian Valley, uh, along with Peacock Gap, and perhaps the Bay Club at Stone Tree, I'm not 100% sure if that's completely open to the public anymore, uh, but those are going to be the only 18-hole golf courses in all of Marin County that are now going to be open to the public. Uh, there certainly is Mill Valley Golf Course and McInnes Park, uh, a couple of nine-hole, you know, shorter tracks down there that are both a ton of fun. You know, I obviously love Mill Valley. I've, I've talked about it. I've wrote about it in the past. Um, but yeah, I mean, golf, you know, for, for a place as affluent as Marin County is, um, it's just a little odd to see golf not being able to survive. And, uh, unfortunately for, you know, the golfers in Marin County, it doesn't seem likely that that golf course will come back. Um, I, I've read a couple of different articles saying that in all likelihood, the land that San Geronimo occupied is going to be turned into some public land for parks. So people will still be able to go use it. Um, but it doesn't seem like they will be able to do so, uh, to play golf. Uh, so on that note, I'm going to kick it to an interview that I did with, again, my good buddy, Andrew, um, who went out and joined me for golf on Sunday morning out at Aetna Springs. Andrew is a professional in the cannabis industry, so he's always got a, an interesting and moderately stony take on uh, most things in the world, golf included, uh, where we go off a little bit, uh, yeah, just on our, our last, you know, the last day at Aetna Springs and our experience. So I hope you enjoy and uh, please, without any further ado, here is uh, Mr. Andrew Whitey.
somewhat emotional afternoon today. That's true. We had it was it was a little odd. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as many of you know, anybody of you listened to the podcast last week, you know that uh, Edna Springs closed down. So we went out there for the final day of play today, and it was a wonderful, yet somewhat somber and surreal experience. What were? Yeah, man, it was a break. Last it, break it down for my friend. I mean, speaking from being there only for the second time, that place is such a gem. It is so sad. I'm sad, A, that it's shutting down, period. B, that I found out about it. Not that I found out about it, that I actually made it up there after finding out about it. What feels like very late now. Yes. Late in the game. I don't think... I appreciated it fully the first time. It was sort of like I did really like it. I mean, obviously, it's like if you can't have a great time playing that course, even though it's only nine holes, you can't have fun playing golf. Agreed. And the best part about it is that it's like it's not just a course that was made recently. I mean, it's it's super old. It was it was redone like 10 years ago, but it only got even better like Mm -hmm. after they did the work to it. But it. It was just kind of surreal. It was weird. It was somber throughout the day. I honestly tried not to think about the fact that it was the last time I was ever going to play it. I just kind of tried to enjoy it. To be to be clear, it's so fun that I didn't really think about it a lot. Like yeah, I was, I, I did have so much fun throughout the course of the entire day. I honestly only ever thought it was kind of crazy. Like everybody you saw out there like so we had a group of like six guys that were out there today and then we played with two more guys that we you know joined up with when we got out there yeah. uh for two foursomes but every single person you saw out there today when you walked by it was a knowing nod there was a knowing nod how's it going and like and you know they always yeah. respond every single one of them sad day man seriously sad day. like dude that, that happened all day long every single person i like crossed in like the parking lot or like up at the clubhouse yeah man it was just kind of like a <sighs> the yeah. last hurrah it's a bummer man <laughs> you can, there was definitely like a a weight about it everywhere because you go into the clubhouse and you realize like these none of these people like these two dudes that run this stuff you know and joel who i met for the first time today is a very very awesome dude yeah it's just it's kind of sad it's sad to think like those dudes i mean i'm sure envisioned like a big what we all probably low-key mm-hmm. envisioned you know which was the huge amount of potential and how awesome it already was. Mm-hmm. And it's just a bummer. Like, those guys are like, it's done for them too, you know? That sucks. It, It's just a bummer. And I, I was saying Everyone this on loses last week. here. Well, I was saying this on last week's podcast. Like, what's like, the biggest bummer to me is something that special couldn't survive. Like, a place that's that special, the whole experience from the setting to the actual golf course itself, to the amenities. Like, it is an incredible place, and it couldn't survive. Like, what, I mean, yeah, you know, it, it just goes to show that, like, uh, that, you know, there's been a big trend lately. Like, hey, if you build something really good, no matter how remote it is, golfers will find a way to get there yeah, yeah. and enjoy it. But this place just, that was not the case. It was losing, unfortunately, probably a pretty good chunk of money every single month for months on end, maybe even years on end. And it's just, I, I keep thinking about like what, what could they have done or what could have been different 
to make it so it could have survived. You know what the sad part is? If it was surviving and it was great, we probably wouldn't have been able to play it. You know what I mean? It probably would have been a private kind of a thing. I mean, yeah, that was the original. I mean, when it first reopened in 2007, it was very private. Right? Super baller. So the fa- and I, you can tell. I mean, when you go there, the best association is Mayakama. It looks like little Mayakama. Yeah. Like mini Mayakama. Yeah, for sure. The clubhouse is pristine. <laughs> like, it's... It, it's <laughs> it has locker yeah, it's like rooms beyond like for a nine hole it's golf so course. Amazing. It's like every place, everything had an oak shoehorn. Yeah, right. <laughs> every locker, and there were like 150 lockers. <laughs> There's <Places. a> little <laughs> yeah, This is so good. And yeah, man, it's just it had a perfect setup, and it had it wasn't even just about like the clubhouse or whatever. The ambiance of that place is rad. Mm-hmm. I, I like. You, it's like uh, somebody said it earlier today. You could just walk that a couple times. And yeah, it'd be awesome. You know, why not? Yeah, I mean <laughs> the place is so cool. It's like a little surreal pocket that you're allowed to golf in. I know, dude. <laughs> like, it's so what? awesome. Oh, and the golf course is so fucking good. I'm just like, if they just had some camping there, yeah, it, it had to have been. It would have had to have been able to. Like, if they did a thing where like you could camp, you get like a campsite. And say like all the golf you can play, and it was seventy five, a hundred bucks a day. Yeah, man, that would be like how killer would that like basically somebody like you know do you, then you get a group of guys to go up for the weekend. Everybody kicks in one hundred fifty, two hundred bucks, and you get to go like camp out and play sh- kick ass golf all day long. And then you go back. Who wouldn't want to do that? You're out there. You're camping. You get to go to the clubhouse, which has the full restaurant bar set up. That massive pizza oven. I mean. And think about it, people were camping out on the campsite and they wanted like a restaurant to go and like eat at and it was right there. It's the restaurant. It would it's crush. within walking distance and it has a bar and the place looks like the nicest cabin in Tahoe I've ever seen mixed with a duck hunting lodge <laughs> that I've never been to. It's like, I don't, you just, if you don't feel cool in there, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know either, dude. <laughs> it just make that place makes you feel cool. Like giant tables, massive windows that look out over the first and ninth hole. And the coolest part about it is it is a nine. Cool. The coolest part about it is that it's nine holes, but you don't even like. But they're nine dude, exquisitely the, awesome holes, and they all huh. they haven't. I've hit. I did hit several same shots that I hit today. Last time we played. But for the most part, every hole played different every time, which was sweet. Yeah, it's cool. I don't. I don't know. It's. It's just sad that something like that is gonna fall into disrepair and not be used. It's almost like, God damn, just let us like, let us like, I'll still pay you. <laughs> you know, like. Well, so okay. I wanted to go into this. So, obviously, you work in the cannabis industry. Fact. When you were there today, and you actually oh saw like the clubhouse God. for the first time, it was like a lightning bolt. You had a fucking idea, and I'm, oh I'm super God. curious because there was that article that came up on Golf Digest a couple of days ago about some golf course in Michigan possibly selling off some of its land. I don't mm-hmm. know how much the golf course would stay open, right. if any, but the plan is to like turn the clubhouse into like half dispensary, half like clubhouse, like have like, like are you kidding? Grow me? operation and like all the oh stuff, and then God. and some like. Holes of golf, right? You had this idea today of something not quite the same. We're talking like a resort, but yeah. like, do you, 
what what was your idea for something like Aetna and how maybe it could survive and actually be a super profitable business than be like a kind of cool tourism yeah. little, uh, yeah, but just, I mean, let's stop I, rambling. Go for it. What, what, what was your like idea? This is a great idea. It, it's obviously I a great idea. I've just buttered view. you up for, no, it's, I, you're right. <laughs> I, I seriously, I've been thinking about it all day. Like the whole time we were golfing, you know, which was actually, I was sidetracked by just the golfing mostly, but I yeah. couldn't help but think about it every time we came up and like, the minute we got there and we started thinking about it, and I kind of jokingly said, well, this should be like a cannabis country club. And then I was like, man, that's actually like, that, could, that would actually be a fantastic idea if you had the golf course not really be like the focal point of the place, right? Have it be like a a ranch, if you will, or like a bed and breakfast ranch where you you are you have an experience or you sell the experience of understanding cannabis and like what, how how these products are made and, and grown and what that process looks like and who the people are. So if somebody's going to the resort, what, what can oh they do? Oh my God. What would so, they do? So in my, in my mind, you know, you go, you show up to Edna Springs and you know, there's, they have some of these kind of glamping yurts, airstreams, whatever that you can camp in or the, but you, that you stay in. And then throughout the property, you have these different, you know, greenhouses or hoop houses or all these different cultivation sites. And then you have the, you know, the curing and the trimming and the whole process from seed, you know, to actual like what would be sellable cannabis. And honestly, the, the branch itself should sell and brand the cannabis at the Springs Cannabis or at least sell it. That does something. have a nice ring to it, doesn't, doesn't it? I mean, like, and if you get there and you see it, you'll get it. Like, it's in a prime area in Northern California, right in between Sonoma and Napa County. Yeah. No, it's in uh, Northern Napa County close to the border of Lake County and Napa County. It's like right there. South, south of uh, south of Middletown. Okay. A gem. Pope Valley. Yes. Shout out to Pope Valley. <laughs> and Joel. <laughs> All respect and love to Pope Valley. Seriously, Continue, though. please. I mean, I appreciate you guys having us there. I'm sure a lot of people come from out of town to be at that spot. So it is, I think, a prime area to have essentially a, a resort where you sell kind of an experience where you get to see the whole process from basically the planting of cannabis or the you know hemp both of which and then you see that process throughout its life cycle you see the plant in different stages of life and then the process of it being cut cured trimmed and then basically made for sale and or how it becomes how its byproducts or how it can be used to create all these other products that we're familiar with whether that be you know, the oil that goes into edibles or, you know, the oil that goes into your vape pen or your, you know, whatever you dab, whatever it is, everything, the topicals, it should be like a crash course, but an experience. And then at the end of it, you take home some of the product that you trim or, you know, do whatever. But on site, I mean, you have events and it's like in the middle of wine country. So you would definitely, I know there's an Edna Springs winery. I would pair that for sure. And I would just have it be... You know, I would have that restaurant would be fantastic. Like, a little mecca basically to go see like the whole like uh, how the cannabis like industry works. You can kind of see every step of the operation. Take like a tour, have people like explain it and like helping you learn about all the different stuff. You yeah. A kick ass golf course. Kick ass golf course. Great nice, place. Nice little, you know, tents, you know, you know, glamping tents to stay in. I mean, I think you'd have a, you'd want to have a venue for music. You, people would want to come there. Like, I mean, it would be a great spot to do something like that. Nothing like wild, but if you had the same kind of a hardly strictly vibe, 
So what we're trying to tell all of you listening to this right now is do not you have let, a lot of money, yeah. you should step in and try <laughs> to fucking call. up one up the offer that's currently on the table there somehow. Yeah. Buy this place and let's do this. I mean, I think we yeah, give me a call. Let's let's make this let's keep let's keep this amazing place an amazing place. I mean, just like an available spot for people to enjoy. It's too unfortunate to watch a place that has a golf course, basically a giant swimming hole that has this lodge. It has entire massive grounds for camping, eight tennis courts, two bocce ball courts, basically a, a hiking, a hike, a six mile hike up to the top of the ridge and back on the old mining trails. Like, I can't really think of like a without letting anybody see it or without having the ability to lay eyes on it. Man, I wish you could. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> uh, Call them. Uh, it'd be so awesome. Yeah, man. It was cool to see people even who were there for their first and last time, like that guy Brandon. Yeah. That was cool. He was like, you know, he was playing by himself. So he's like, come on. Is it right. cool if I, yeah, I'm down. I'm down. Like, to dude, like, we're like a group of seven. I mean, if you're, you're like, <laughs> we're rolling like, pretty you, deep. Would you like to join us? If you don't, we totally understand. You can go right through. We won't hold you up. And he was like, Dude, I'm super down to playing an eightsome right now. That sounds good. And we're like, all right, dude, it's gonna be. We super were looking slow. for one more. Hop yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. We could make two foursomes pretty easily here, but nah. There was a lot of groups out there today of like six or more. No, I think you just everybody wanted to play it with their buddies on yeah. the last. You know, go they had at like it. yeah, everybody had like their crew of guys that like like had to make it out for like the last day. And I think they all just wanted to share it with each other, which is dude. pretty dope. And then you get that yeah, and the knowing nod. You get the knowing nod, like, you know, like everybody had, that was your common basis of conversation out there. It was like, yeah, this sucks. You know, let's get, let's get after it one last time here. It's cool uh, though. It was yeah. a great time. It was an awesome day. I'm just keeping my fingers crossed that yeah, man. it won't be the last time. I, the latest that I heard is that there's probably a 10% to fifteen percent chance. This sounds. This sounds like you probably. This sounds like that the golf course data. will open again at some point. It's not. Looking I feel like likely. that's more than I. That's you know more than I do, but that's more of a chance than I. Yeah, it's, it's like there's like a one in ten chance that God. it that it will reopen again at some point. Honestly, that place, from a source. If that place was in top like thriving condition, and like had full maintenance, and they had everything they needed to really do that like justice. I was looking at those bocce hmm. courts the minute I got there and the minute I left. Dude. God, man. So much. Just getting out there like and just being able to like, have a place to camp where all you all you need. That was probably have the biggest one, downfall have one restaurant. that people needed that, like the hardcore lodgings. Like, no. Get the, everybody's, like, everybody that's got a, tents. That's a mistake, bro. Everybody got tents. Like, <laughs> oh, dude. And tents yeah, are cheaper a, than lodging typically. Yeah, I mean, you just got to get the people up there. I mean, the, the one That's thing about that part. place is it's it's a little ways away. But the funny thing is, so many people from, I mean, the one place you and I can reference most easily is San Francisco. Yeah, for sure. People are more than willing to drive three hours from San Francisco to go somewhere really dope for a weekend. No, but that's the thing is it didn't take that. Yeah, and it's not even that far away. Like, it took it, me an hour and it, 45 minutes to get there. It's like out in the middle I of nowhere. So it's out in the middle of nowhere, but there's no place to stay so you can't go there for a weekend it's definitely in a location where it would be a prime place for people to head up to for like a weekend trip yeah if they just had a place to stay 
the whole game would have been changed. Yeah, there was. There's no option there. They had every everything was set up, but you could see that was depressing. Driving out, seeing all that Tyvek, all that plastic, and it was just well, clearly it, been there for like years. For yeah, for so long, dude. And that that seems like if you just and if it had, looked anything ugh. like the clubhouse. <sighs> for sure. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is like you could like charge. I mean, shit. It would have been good if they just had a place where people could come and park their RVs. Yeah, I mean, or if they had RV, I don't know why I said it like RV. <laughs> uh, if they had RV rentals, but I mean, it's also I guess in the it's kind of out there, but but even if they just had an RV park where people could like bring their own RVs and stay for a weekend yeah, and play a, golf, a, a like hookup, you, like you have the hookup, and then you have like a daily resort fee where, in doing that, you get access to the tennis courts, the the bocce ball courts. You can go play golf, you know, pay a green fee, like, you know, a, a, probably a discounted green fee for a yeah. resort guest or something like that. That alone could have possibly gotten that golf course, at, if not right back to even, pretty darn close. I mean, we're not even we're not even talking about the fact that it's like primo wine country. You can go, there's tasting rooms all over. So if they had a bus from there to do that, they would smash. Yes. I mean, there's that swimming hole that you know would be fantastic Dude. <laughs> like during the summer. Yeah, I man. was when, I, when we saw that when I was there the first time, I was like, so, like, what's the chance I can get in there? <laughs> like, you know, I was wearing shorts. I remember I was like, how can I swing this? I didn't do it. I should have. It'll be a regret. Oh, it'd be so dope. Uh, anyway, Edna Springs, you're yeah. so beautiful and delightful yeah you, you will, will be, be missed you will be very very missed any other any other notes on uh on today my man no man thanks for showing me that spot Ugh. you and rico definitely showed me the light and that just about puts a wrap on this week's episode of the golf guide podcast thank you again for listening um you know we are going to try to really start growing this podcast i've been trying not to pimp myself out and, you know, shamelessly plug uh, our products and, and the podcast too much. But I finally decided that I really want this thing to take off. So um, if you are a fan of this podcast, um, you can support us in one of a couple different ways. Uh, the more, the better. The first is to go to iTunes, where we get the majority of our downloads and our listens from. And please leave a review for us. Uh, five stars is certainly preferred. But any, you know, any of you that enjoy the podcast, I would really appreciate it if you could go ahead and leave us a review. More reviews means more listeners. More listeners means more exposure. More exposure means more cool content and opportunities for us to bring you a really exceptional golf podcasting program. Um, and the other thing you can do to support the show is simply share it with a friend. If you have a buddy uh, that lives on the West Coast that enjoys playing golf and you think would enjoy this podcast, I would be unbelievably appreciative uh if you could share our podcast with them you know uh let's try to grow this thing organically um so again five star reviews on itunes if you like us uh and then also try to share the podcast with a friend if you can um and then also a great way to support us is by going to golfguide.net and treating yourself to some discounted golf we've got uh, uh let's see here we got some discounts to i think 37 different courses across Northern California with a couple in Southern California and a handful in uh, Nevada and Oregon as well. We're, you know, we're always looking to increase that number um, and try to get you as many opportunities to play as many 
great golf courses all over our region as possible. So again, go to golfguide.net, uh, visit the store, and you know, go shopping for some play certificates and treat yourself to a little golf. Um, hopefully, you know, the, the weather around my neck of the woods hasn't been too awful here as of late. Uh, but you know, for every day that the rain uh, the rain desists and, and doesn't come down, that's another opportunity for us to play a little bit of golf. So always got to like that. Again, golfguide.net, visit the store. And don't forget to use the promo code GGPODCAST for 10% off all orders of 50% or more. Again, use the promo code GGPODCAST at checkout when you are purchasing play certificates at golfguide.net. That is it. That is all I got for you guys. We will be back next week. I I am really, really excited. I've got uh, several podcasts lined up next week. Uh, with a couple of different guests, one a return guest, one a first-time guest um, that will then be kind of uh, releasing those podcasts in uh, sections over the next few weeks. But uh, until then, we will be back next Wednesday. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or you have any, you know, th- any topics that you'd like for us to address on the podcast, I encourage you to reach out to me. Uh, email is certainly my preferred uh, method of communication. I am just mega shitty at being on top of uh, my social media stuff. You know, for a guy that's in charge of several social media accounts that's uh, responsible for, you know, the well-being of uh, my company, man, I am really, really, really not on top of it. So if you want to get at me, hit me an email at kyle at golfguide.net. Again, you can also reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that kind of good stuff, but I do check that uh, way less often than I just check my, uh, my old fashioned email account. So, um, yeah, until then, uh, I hope all of you have an exceptional week filled with many holes of golf, uh, some good swings, very few amounts of shanks. And, uh, until next time, mahalo. Mahalo.